So we were thinking about doing uh, another podcast talking about World Mother Storytelling Project. And you asked me, um, so what, you know, what else do you think uh, you want to talk about? Or, or what do you feel like you want to talk about today if we mm. think about World Mother Storytelling Project or World Mother Live, which was the event just over a week ago? Um, and when I thought about it, I think the thing, um, the thing that sort of came front of mind for me to have a conversation about was, you know, why, why do I think it's important? You know, Murray Nossel's whole idea around creating the World Mother Storytelling Project is to create a space using our narrative storytelling methodology where people can listen to their mother's stories in a particular way and then tell their mother's story in a particular way. And, you know, he wants to create something where everybody can do that, mm. that, that so that that becomes available for people. They can either have a conversation with their mother or if they're if their mother is no longer alive or they're estranged from their mother in any any way, um, that it's still possible for them to to do that exercise, to do that thing. And or they can have a conversation with their child if they're a mother. Yeah. Oh, and or, yeah, you know, yeah, of course, because it, it can it can go both ways. Yeah. Of course. Um, and I thought that I wanted to have a conversation about why I think that's important i mean that's it's his initiative it's his thing that he wants to do and we support him and we work with him on that but why is it important and why should anyone even be thinking about it because it's not necessarily uh the easiest thing in the world to do to have an intimate different kind of conversation with your mother because as we know there's all kinds of stuff in mother-child relationships Right. Well, I think that's where it comes from, because I know in the last podcast I, I touched on the origin story for Murray. And for anybody listening that didn't hear that, the origin is very personal. It's about his mother, not surprisingly. It's about him getting a phone call in New York from his sister to tell him that his mother and father had been carjacked one night in Johannesburg. So he's thousands of miles away from a dramatic incident happening to his parents. But it was really how his mother dealt with that incident, how she talked to the carjackers as they were moved from one car to another, to one group of abductors, to another group of abductors, and how she talked to them and listened to their story. And after that event how people reflected back to him, wow, you must have an amazing mother. And his response was, well, she wasn't really like an amazing mother when I was growing up. That was what he had felt. And then he went out to spend some time with her straight afterwards and felt that he had a really unique opportunity in the aftermath of this event to get to know her. And maybe she was in a in a kind of heightened state as well. And that was a perfect timing for her. So that problematic nature that you've suggested that might be in the dynamic between a mother and child, that is in Murray's story, I think. That's in the dynamic that he felt he had with his mother, that he was then able to unpick, if you like. 
as he got to know her, as he would describe it, that he didn't know her before this and he had the opportunity to get to know her. So it's really personal and I think it's a really good question that you asked, which is, it's kind of the why, the the so what. And immediately, of course, it makes me think about my relationship with my mother, Mm. Mm. which is not marriage relationship with his mother. It's all of us have really distinct dynamic with our mothers even even i would say if we didn't know them there's a there's a dynamic that's created with an idea of them um that we have that enables us to create a a virtual relationship with them if we didn't know them but if we did know them it will be so distinct my relationship with my mother your relationship with your mother Mm. i mean my mum died when i was 27 so you know, here I am in my 50s, and I think um, it's really interesting when I think about it because the uh, opinion that I have of my mum or the um, or how I think my mum was is shaped by me as a child, by me as a teenager, and me as an, an, a young adult, mm. you mm. know, up to 27. And I, and I really mark her death as a kind of, well, there was a sort of before and after in my life that, that after that thing happened to me, um, you know, I realised that I, uh, yeah, well, I had been kind of innocent, innocent of what could happen in the world really until that thing happened to me because that was the, at that time, the worst thing that had ever happened to me. So, you know, I kind of grew up. So if I think about uh, my relationship with my mother, it's a a child relationship with my mother. And if she was alive now and in her 80s, which she would be, then I would have a really different relationship with her and it would be a completely different conversation. Mm. So if I think about telling my mother's story... There's a lot of sifting that I have to do between stories, you know, experiences that I had with her as a child and a teenager, stories that I heard, and then I guess things that I learned, you know, after she died. And Mm. then, you know, a few years after she died, I became a mother. And then when you become a parent, what you think about your parents changes completely because suddenly you get a whole different perspective on what it is to be a parent you get you get the parent perspective not the child perspective so I I think I have all that you know feeding into what I think of as being my mother's story if I come to think about it and I'm interested to ask you how your relationship with your mother has developed since she died if that makes sense. Well, you've, I mean, you've touched on it. As you're thinking, I can see you yeah. thinking. Um, <laughs> no, that, it's, but, a go, it's a good question. And it's because, a big question. And I, yeah, I, I, don't know, I don't know that there's a, a quick answer to it, but I can think of times in my life where, you know, I, I've still in, you know, in my mind, in my heart, had a conversation with my mum about various mm, things that mm. have happened to me since, mm. good and bad. So the relationship does move on and the feeling of connection moves on and 
changes. Which is rather amazing, really, isn't it? Mm. That the relationship can still develop, which says quite a lot about um, how we perceive relationships, that it's, it is the dynamic between two people. But there's a lot that can happen on each side that shifts that. Because mm. the dynamic between you and her... Well, as you said, the, the story, her story for you, has broadened since she died. Because you learnt new information, probably, from your dad, from your aunts, from letters or things that mm. artifacts that you came across you your perception of her would have would have deepened um kind of materially because of information that you gleaned but also as you have said when you became a mother that would have that would have kind of deepened your sense of who she was and because she was the mother to you is that is that true? I mean, I'm making an, an assumption about that idea of her becoming more 3D, if you like, more more rounded, if you like, as you've got older and got closer to the age that she was. Yes. Fact, when she died. I think it's all those things. And I think it's um, that I'm made of the same stuff as her. So genetically, she's... You know, she's she's in my body mm. and because I don't have her, you know, her body has gone. You know, she's she is nowhere now. Um, mm. So the only place that I can go to to kind of find her or to relate to her is in myself in a mm. way. So the mm. experience of becoming a mother you know I remember the first night that I had Cecily and I sat in King's College Hospital and I you know it was like one in the morning and I was completely wired and I couldn't sleep and I pulled back the curtain um, next to my bed and I just sat looking out at the stars and I just felt completely connected to her completely connected to, to my mum. mother because it's like I've I'm I know that I've got this feeling that you would have felt when you first <laughs> held me and that, and it's it was such a it was such a big feeling of I've never had this feeling before mm. and and you would have looked down at me mm. in your arms and felt the same thing that I'm feeling now. Maybe, mm. possibly, probably. Mm, that's amazing. And so, so that's so that's what I mean. And I and I think this idea of um, being made of the same stuff when when you haven't got the actual person. Uh, I think it's connections like that that can seem. I don't know if that seems sort of airy fairy to talk about it like that but it seems to me to be like really real and as I've got older I look in the mirror and I can see 
oh, look, this is my this is my mum's face in her fifties. Yes. Here's my face. Here's me sounding like her. Here's me using expressions or hand gestures or the sound of my laugh can suddenly be like, yes. oh my god, that's. That's what she would do. And so it's so, not airy-fairy, it, is, it yeah. is cellular. I mean, we talk about this in terms of stories, don't we? We talk about um, how stories are in us at a cellular level mm-hmm. when we're doing story work, how, um, well, I think more and more is known about what is passed on in, in, in our DNA, isn't it? Ancestral trauma, certainly. They, there's, a, there's a lot of um, exploration about how trauma is passed on in DNA. But who knows what else? Yeah. Um, joy as yeah. well, potentially. And so when you say it might sound airy-fairy, but actually she is in you. Yeah. And you have passed her on into three more children too. Yeah, yeah. And I think too, because um, as a theatre maker, whenever I think about making a piece of work... Um, she's never far away from from that when i think about ideas of lots of things that i've explored we've explored as theater makers mm. um her story uh it, it has been a you know a, a big source of my creativity i think so me losing her her dying everything that happened around that and my Recovery, which is sort of like a kind of lifelong recovery, really, I think, from losing, from losing a parent. A parent. Um, and, you know, and learning to live with that. So it's that's gone into my creative life and my life as a parent, as a mother. Mm. It, it's, it's in there. So her story is in... <sighs> Yeah, is in everything. So when I think about this idea of why is it why right. is it important why? to come back to that? Why why is it a fruitful thing to explore? Well, that's my perspective as somebody who doesn't have my actual mother to to do the process um, that Murray talks about. But then I kind of think, okay, so I have an ad- adult, I have adult children as well, so I could think about doing it. With them. With them. Because, okay, that's interesting. Well, there's two, two different directions I want to go in. One is, um, is back toward, towards your mum as well, before we go on to your children. But back towards your mum, yes, because you also went through that process of telling her story in the first person. And I remember you saying as you were, I think, as you were embarking on, on recording that, or maybe after you'd done it, I can't remember, about hearing her voice, not being able to hear her voice or trying to hear her voice and um, and kind of channel it in a way. If you're speaking her story in the first person, how would, how would she have told that story? I mean, what language would she have used? Um, and it's not about doing an impersonation, but it's about... Uh, letting yourself be a conduit for her story mm. and letting her speak her story through you. And so I was interested to know what that process was like for you to tell her story in the first person. 
Yeah, well, <clears throat> so Murray asked for a four-minute story told in the first person as my mother. And and my first thought was, oh, yeah, I've got, okay, I'll, I can do that. And uh, I jotted down a few ideas. Um, moments in her life, I, I, I allowed my su- subconscious to kind of guide me in a way mm. because I know... Always the best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it is, Be- isn't it? Because but... in one four-minute story, I, I cannot hope to tell her whole story. There's a whole lifetime, there's a whole person. So in four minutes, what can I do? And I might do that, I I might do that many times because there'll be many different versions of her story because none of us are a single story. So it's a snapshot that captures her. So I I just noticed the things that uh, popped up and the things that I thought, oh, I, I think if you asked her, this is what she might say. And then I set myself up, uh, you know, I set up my phone on a tripod and I was sitting in the hall downstairs and trying to get the light right. And it became all about the sort of technical things of making yes. making that recording. And then I tried to do it and thought, oh, no, no. Now, now there's the bit where actually I have to... Uh, connect with her yes. in some way. To yes. be able to tell that story is about connection and how and how do I really, um, yeah, fe- how do I feel her again? Empathy. You know, I mean, yeah, it's, the, the it's empathy. It's an act for... of empathy in telling that story. If you're going to tell it in the first person, you've got some facts and then your subconscious is going to guide you towards which bit of her story and then you are stepping into her shoes and connecting with the person that lived that experience. Yeah, yeah. So I found myself coming upstairs, going into uh, the old box of photographs Mm. and getting photographs of her and, you know, lining them up in the hall so I Mm. could Mm. look at her as a way of connecting to... Um, you know, those snapshots to just give me, to remind me of her again. Mm. Because Mm. after 30 years, there are some things that are very vivid, but there are some things that it's just harder to contact. So having Mm. some photographs of her and just just spend some time just remembering her Mm. and then just press record and, and and see what comes out and then it was a really lovely thing to do because I found myself saying things that I kind of hadn't planned to say or felt like oh there's that that expression that she would right. use that I don't use right but, but she would use um maybe we should post an audio of of that story yeah I mean yeah. what I what because I've I've watched it and and heard it obviously um it was interesting that what you chose or what your subconscious chose was actually a, quite a reflective moment for her because it was her at the end of her life mm. when she got ill and was reflecting on certain bits of her life. You didn't start with, you know, when I was a child, this, this happened to yeah, me. Yeah. You, you took it from that moment. And 
did that just pop into your head that that would be how you how she would tell her story? Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? I um, that's that's what I thought about, and I think that there's something. She was uh, fifty-five when she died, mm. and she got cancer, and I th- I think that's a. I mean, maybe everyone's death is a definitional moment. Yeah. Our deaths are definitional moments in our lives, but I think there's there was something about something mm. that happened to our relationship as she was right. ill and the sort of conversations that we had. And I'm I'm only thinking this now as you've asked me this question, because we had conversations when she was ill, unlike we'd ever had before. And mm. they might be conversations like the ones that you might have if you were thinking about I'm going to tell my mother's story because we had a kind of intimacy because all the stuff that doesn't matter really just falls away when when you know that somebody is going to die and you haven't got masses of time then you don't you don't think about being shy or being embarrassed to say I love you or I'm sorry or talk about any of those things that might be hard to say and are hard to say because, yeah, they just are in relationships mm. very mm. often. Um, and so so maybe that's why I went back to that moment. And those moments mm. are really vivid to me. So they're, they're important in her story, I think, but also they're really important to my story. And that's, and that's a whole other thing about why I think this project is important mm. and why it's important to do the process because uh, if you sit with your mother and listen to her telling her story that's an amazing gift to give your mother but mm. it's an amazing gift for you too to learn about yourself and the relationship and the things that she has passed on to you yes no matter what they are so sort of there's you know, like immense learning, immense healing to be had from going through the process. It's interesting, you know, in story terms, um, without being sounding crass about it, you chose a key turning point in her life. Um, when she got her diagnosis there, but that was a turning point. If we think of when we talk about story structure, turning points being those moments that shift you as the protagonist of your own story. And of course, all of us in our lives have many turning points, many kind of rites of passage, the obvious ones of um, getting married and having children and those life moments, but there's many, many turning points that we all encounter. And what I'm hearing is that, you know, that key turning point for her um, that shifted that last part of her life that, you know, changed the kind of conversations that you had that allowed that kind of reflection. Mm. Mm. The other thing that I, I got from what you were talking about the, the gift between a parent and a child, a mother and a child in, in, in doing this exercise. 
there is something um, around dedicating time and space to this because we absorb our parents' stories, you know, over our lives through so many different channels, through conversations that we have with them, through things we see them do, through things other people say, through objects, etc. But actually to sit with a with a designated boundary around some space mm. and time and with some helpful structures or guidance I don't want to say rules about the conversation but some guidance about how mm. to facilitate that conversation between you is really unusual really extraordinary mm. Mm. I mean you know people talk these days around um people when they get to their end of their lives leaving kind of digital memorials to themselves and capturing their stories that is something that i've heard people talk about in the last decade you know people recording their stories in different mediums so they can pass them on mm -hmm. so that's similar that that sense of dedicating some space to that handing over of a story to the next generation but it's rare yeah and uh, I also think that it's not just something to do if you know if you feel that you're about to leave no exactly leave the earth no, because exactly. because ultimately what it's about is valuing the experience yes of mothers in brackets mothers of all kinds not just biological mothers but experiencing the mother experience uh did i just say experiencing the mother experience no yeah. valuing yes valuing the mother experience valuing the female experience which mm. um we you know we as a world have not have not always done mm. are not doing mm. still and so this idea of dedicated space and time to to pay attention to listen to a hidden story mm. is i think is really important for us because look at i mean look at the mess we're in right now so mm. paying attention listening um yes yes and I mean, you mention yeah, there's, you mention hidden stories. Um, I think there's more to say on this, and maybe maybe it's another yeah, conversation, yeah, yeah. another podcast. Yes, because actually, I, because your mum is alive, and so maybe that's the next. Conversation. And so I'm interested in why you might, why you think it's important to do, and and we never got to talk about why it might be important for me to do it with my kids um so yeah there's a couple of other angles that we could talk about but let's do that another time to be continued then yeah